This episode is powered by Safety FM. Welcome to the Safety Consultant Podcast. I'm your host, Sheldon Primus. This is the show where I help you with the business of being a safety consultant. This week, I'm going to give you part one of what we did was the virtual safety round table discussion about opening up America's workplace and what you as a safety consultant or even the safety officer needs to think about the considerations you should have uh, during this time. So not everybody is ready for having their businesses opened up and not only for clients, but even for their own people. So we're just really trying to give you a, a good understanding of the questions and the considerations you should be asking just to make sure that uh, everyone is going to become safe in this time of the COVID-19 world pandemic realm. And uh, so the very first episode, or I should say the first part of this, it's going to be uh, me just going over the expectations because this was delivered live on safetyfm.com and safetyfm.tv for people who want to see this. Uh, so that's the first part. It's just me basically going over basic expectations. And then the second part that uh, that this was was going to be, uh, or I should say the main subject that we're going to go through with part one was just my part. I spent some time talking about my views and opinions and some of the things that I thought it would be very helpful for safety personnel to and consultant to really be aware of if they're going to be counseling someone and helping them get back into this U.S. economy safely and protecting their workers. And uh, that's the first one. Then you'll hear Abby Ferry of the Safety Justice League. Also, you can hear Abby in the rest of the Safety Justice League on Safety FM. And if you haven't got the Safety FM app, you need to download this so you can hear my podcast as well as uh, many, many other podcasts, including the Safety Justice League. So that is the first two. And then after, we're uh, tomorrow, or actually, I think I'm going to do this Wednesday. So listen up for Wednesday. We're going to do part two of this. And part two is going to include uh, Jake Wolfenden from Summit Safety Group. He's going to speak to you a little bit about his views on uh, pretty much considerations needed to open up America and businesses. And then we're going to hear Kevin Yarbrough. Yarbrough is my partner in Shellbrough Safety, and he's ex-OSHA. He's also been interviewed. Uh, well, actually, everybody's been interviewed on the show before. Uh, so you could go back and see Abby Ferry's interview, one of my early interviews. And even earlier than Abby was Jake Wolfenden. I believe he was like one of my first uh, interviews outside of people who were either students of mine or uh, some some people that I that reached out to me for for uh, some, some advice. Uh, but uh, Kevin is also in there, and he's in like the fifties or sixties or something as far as episodes. So I would look them up too, so you can uh, also get a good idea of their philosophy. But Kevin really talks about. Uh, what your expectations should be of OSHA since he was uh, retired the assistant area director of OSHA in Tampa office 
and uh, he was with Ocean nearly 30 years, so and he still has some connections in there. So part two on Wednesday, uh, we'll, we'll talk about that. So after a little word from our sponsor, then we'll go straight into uh, my introduction, my conversation, and Abby Ferry's conversation in part one of this virtual roundtable of reopening America. Do you want to be a safety consultant? Listen to Dr. Jay Allen of Safety FM give his experience after taking the Safety Consultant Blueprint course. I have actually done research on different consultants and looked at different consulting courses and so on. There is a pretty fancy, very expensive consulting course that is out there. I have actually purchased the consulting course, was interested. It has good information. Don't get me wrong. But you have a consulting course that really drives people onto focusing on safety and how to become a safety consultant. I will tell you on your particular course, there was better information in that particular regards than the other consulting course that was more of a generalist form. But I figured I felt like I got more information out of yours on you giving people direct path on what to do step by step. But I really think that you have a genuine good product there that can really assist people if they're interested in becoming a safety consultant. Register for the Safety Consultant Blueprint at www.safetyconsultantblueprint.com. Enter code PODCAST for a special discount. Well, welcome to this roundtable. And this is a roundtable with three of my favorite people. <laughs> I love me some Jake, Navi, and Kevin, my business partner. And I am your host, Sheldon Primus. I have the Safety Consultant Podcast. So that's where you've seen me before. And I'd like to thank my good buddy, Jay Allen, who is the head of the Safety FM Network and also uh, maybe we could call him, you know, the the tech guy today because he is working behind the scenes, making sure that we're live and everything's going well. So if there's an issue, we're pretty much going to uh, blame it on Jay, right? And so well, that's probably how we're going to do it. We're just going <laughs> to blame it on Jay. So uh, let me give you guys some expectations for this one. Uh, one of the things that we're going to really focus on as far as expectation is since workplaces now in America are going to have to go live in some places, they're probably, you know, already out there. They've got uh, customers coming in. Workers are back to work after uh, the times that we had with the pandemic. It's still going on, if you haven't noticed, <laughs> but in some workplaces, they are now going back to work. So America is truly going back. So uh, we as safety professionals, we are not doctors. Uh, so I'm going to give you that disclaimer. Some of the things that you're going to hear may come out medical in nature because we're talking about a virus and a disease, but we're not giving you medical advice. So I want you to first and foremost, if you need medical advice, call that doctor of yours and talk to them and uh, seek that advice. Other thing I want to give you as the groundwork is none of us are in sound studios, so you're probably going to hear some background noise from time to time. And, you know, just bear with us on that side. We'll be pretty good at making sure we're not going to answer phones or anything like that, which reminds me, I'm going to turn off my phone right now or at least put on mute because every time I say that, this thing goes off. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, put it on mute right now. And as far as the format, what we're going to do is uh, I'm going to give us the nice 
five minute uh, pretty much introduction and that's what I'm doing right now. Uh, then I'll do a nice little 10 minute of just my part, my thoughts on how to reopen safely. And then we're going to switch to Abby. Abby's going to give you her 10 minutes. And uh, I don't know if uh, Jay's going to help us out with timing on the, the group chat so we can look at that. If not, I've got my trusty old phone here uh, with my crack screen. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'll keep my timer going. And then uh, we'll have Jake. After Jake, we're going to have Kevin. Kevin's going to give us the OSHA view. And from there, uh, what we're going to do is we'll also have a little bit of time to just, you know, free form, just talk. Uh, if there's any questions that may have came up with any of us in our social networks, then we'll go ahead and answer those questions now. If something came up uh, with any of us and we want to talk about it together, we'll do that. So we're going to uh, respect your time and end promptly at eight uh, so that you guys could go on with the rest of your, your night and uh, crack open whatever you're drinking, right? I'm not drinking. <laughs> I've got water, but I'm not telling you, you can't. And so that's up to you. <laughs> so that's the ground rules. Again, uh, we're going to talk about some medical things, but uh, we are not doctors. We're here to help you as the safety officer, business owner, uh, news reporter, whoever is listening. We're here to help you kind of brainstorm just what we think that we would do and what we are telling our clients because all of us are safety consultants. So uh, that's why I want to do it as a host of a safety consultant podcast. So there's my five minutes. I'm nice and uh, right, right on it, right? And so what I'm going to talk about for myself, and this is, I, I've been hearing this quite a bit. So um, I'm going to start breaking it down into pretty much the basics. So we hear about COVID-19 all the time, right? COVID-19 this, COVID-19 that. COVID-19 is the disease. The virus is called Severe Acute Respiratory Syndrome, COVID or COVID-2. So that is the virus itself. If we're going to go into basics of any of your safety controlling, any of your safety ideas, it's always going to break down to hazard, exposure, control. This virus now, and especially opening up America, is also going to bring another issue. And this is mostly, you know, diametrically opposed to safety, and that's production. Not all the time, but there's a sheer enough time that production is going to really get you when you're the safety person and you're trying to tell somebody, you know, all right, time to put on your full body harness and we're going to go up on this roof and they're telling you, man, I don't have enough time. You're going to tell them, yes, you do have enough time and we're going to train you. We're going to make sure you have the correct equipment. We're going to show you that it's a system with anchoring because we're looking at hazard exposure and all the controls we can do. So our controls again and safety truly is engineering, administrative, your work rules and then your PPE. Everybody and their brother are talking about PPE these days. I'm like... Man, when's the last time you ever said PPE in your life? And now you're PPE this, PPE that. <laughs> Just like, come on, people, you're all fake. But, you know, us as safety professionals, man, we know that stuff and that's our bread and butter. And we just probably are keep telling our clients and keep telling everybody, you know, PPE, last line of defense, 
if you could do an engineering control, all right. And a lot of you probably noticed the engineering controls that are going up in grocery stores or other places where there's a barrier, plexiglass barrier. All right. So that is a engineering type control. Admin control is your work rules. And then your last line of defense is the PPE. So back to my train of thought on the SARS-CoV-2, which is the virus that causes COVID-19. So if that is the hazard and we're thinking about exposure, so if the guidelines from CDC, if the guidelines from all the other professional medical agencies are telling us that we got to watch out for touching things, putting them, putting our hands to our face, to our mouth, um, then that's telling me that it is going to be ingestion and absorption that this virus is going to get into our system. And then if they're telling us respiratory droplets, so spit, <laughs> they keep saying respiratory droplets. In my mind, I go spit. <laughs> you know, no one wants to say it when you're talking close to somebody. It's spit, you know, so we're saying we're looking at three meters and that's there's just one meter with three feet is what they're saying is close contact. So what they did is they put in a little buffer and that buffer is called a safety factor. So all of the CDC guidelines is telling you six feet. So yeah, we're always used to safety factors and in, in you know what we do in our line of work. Because if you're telling somebody, all right, I'm gonna put you in a full body harness lifeline and a deceleration device, and we're only gonna be up 11 feet. You know, all you people in safety are thinking, <laughs> <laughs> this person's going to hit the ground <laughs> every time because there's no safety factor, right? So uh, that's the same thing with keeping your distance. So if you're going to start up your company and you're thinking, yeah, what's my hazard? What's my exposure? What's the CDC guidelines? All of those things are valid, but then you also have to think about how can I do these guidelines with production because if you're still not doing production, your company is not going to last. You're going to get pushback from the boss and, you know, it's not going to work well for you as a safety officer. So you're going to end up having to think of several things. So one of the things you're going to think about is each decision that I make. And uh, I'm going to kind of go off over here because we have something called human and organization performance. And then we have something called behavior based safety. So if we're telling people the virus is spread through respiratory droplets and through touching things and putting our hands to our face, so that's why we're saying gloves, that is a behavioral trait. The wearing of the gloves is going to stop us somewhat. The wearing of the masks is going to stop us somewhat. But then the engineering controls is going to be that human and organization performance tools. So the whole process, every kind of situation that you have is going to break down to some blend of this. So if I'm the safety officer and let's say I'm in retail. All right, retail, people are going to start coming in my shop. Uh, most of your states are going to tell you that you're going to have to have some sort of uh, occupancy that is going to be sometimes 25% for phase one of coming back into the, the, uh, the actual working environment. Okay, well, that means I physically have to look at my, my actual uh, certificate of occupancy. That's going to tell me 25% equals X amount of people. My square footage of where I am that means that I'm going to have not only the square footage of everybody that's working there, but then the people that are coming in. So you're going to have to think about social distancing 
on both ways, not just laterally. You're going to think of it. So think of it more of a circumference around that. And I don't like the word social distancing. Uh, pretty much I am. I like the word physical distancing. That's the one that really makes the big difference, right? So that's one of the things. The other thing is what we call the touch profile. And we as in me, I don't think anyone else called it yet. But if you're touching something, that now means that the virus is on your hands. It's protecting you if you have a laceration or something, a mode of entry. So yes, you have some protection there, but the other thing that it's looking for, or I should say the other thing that's taken into account right now is if you're telling your workers to wear gloves, that's a good thing. But now you have to think of where are they touching constantly? And then are some people not wearing gloves during that? Or what's the behaviors? So are they touching gloves right now and then they rub their eyes because it's really hot and you don't have a fan in your in wherever you're working? All right, you now have caused that person to introduce that virus into their eyes, into their mouth, into their nose, whatever. So that's another consideration that you have to think of. So let's do a touch profile, get all of your workers together. And then with the touch profile means, tell me what you're touching throughout the day. We all come back together and then let's create a hotspot. This place is being touched more. Let's put a nice little uh, station here that someone could put some Purell or whatever they need to for their hands. Or we're going to have a sign that says, wash your hands more here. So that's one of the ideas that I'm going to throw out at you. But anyway, with the other part, and this is uh, wrapping up my section here because I think I got three minutes left. So ish. <laughs> but uh, what the other thing is, is Let's say right now we know for sure we don't have the testing we need on the mass scale. So if someone is going to go into the compliance mode, like for me as a consultant, a lot of people hire me to stay out of compliance hard way. You know, they don't want to get cited. So uh, now with some variants, and, uh, and I'm sure Kevin's going to talk about this, I was just kind of grading on a curve right now uh, with some of the compliance documents that you start reading. So that means that can't be used as a weapon anymore. However, litigation is still there. Uh, I'm not saying to use that litigation. I'm saying to protect your company from litigation. So you really want to think of the plan, do, check, act system. So if you're making any kind of changes, you want to plan it out with you, with HR, with upper management, with your union. And also, if you have um, any lawyers or legal representation, you're going to also add them too into that system. So now they're going to go through, you know, we got some testing results back. All right, what do we do? Is this person going into uh, quarantine? And where are they gonna quarantine back home with the rest of their family? Or are we gonna see if there's a local hotel that could take our people for quarantine? And then from there, you know, we can start doing the protection. We're doing temperature checks when people walk in. All right, that's gonna give you a result of something. So after you do your temperature check, what are you gonna do? That means, you're going to have to have something in place that says someone tests positive or their temperature is, uh, is high. We need to have these certain procedures. So those are some of the things that you're really going to talk about. So that's my, my thoughts right now. Um, I didn't give you like 
this conversation that we're having, I want everyone to know that it's not going to give you, you know, the, the do all everything that you really need right now to get your company going. We're going to give you thoughts that you're going to have to think of and you're all going to have to put it together in your group. You, safety, management, workers, uh, HR, risk management. If you have a union, everybody all together. So that's the way to, to do this. So when we get back to the rest of the group, and if we have some more time later on, we'll talk a, a, a little bit more about this as much as we can. So with that, I'm going to turn it over to the member of the Safety Justice League, Abby Ferry. And uh, she is Safety Justice League strong. So I'm going to mute myself and let Abby take over. Abby. Nice. Thank you, Sheldon. And thanks so much for putting this together um, and including me as well. And just to introduce myself to the audience, if they didn't catch it, um, I'm Abby Ferry and I'm based in Minneapolis, Minnesota. I don't really talk like that, but, <laughs> uh, and I am a safety consultant. So that's how I know Sheldon, um, over the years when I was consulting on my own and, and now, uh, with a firm. So I have been looking at this whole reopening thing as it's, a it's a mindset right now that I felt it, um, over the past two weeks really. And this week feels like people are antsy AF to get rolling. They want to get back to work. They, um, or people that they're taking offense to the whole reopening term because they've already been working. <laughs> and that's why I say it's a mindset that even if your job sites or work sites have been essential, uh, critical, whatever you want to call it, um, there's been, it's been different. So things have been been slightly different, but now people, it feels like they've been held back and now we're ready to just let them loose. And like we saw last night or yesterday with Wisconsin, um, that it's like, okay, <laughs> uh, you know, go back, um, everything's on. And here in Minnesota, our uh, Department of Labor and the governor have really been putting out some more tempered types of messages. And I don't know if anyone else has been geeking out over the governor's office here in Minnesota, they put out slides each week um, or most days for the governor's press conferences. And they're uh, they're really cool. They're, they're nice visual representations that tell a story and they have a nice public health angle that I love as a, a health and safety person that's starting to dabble more in public health. I mean, we can't help it. We have to deal with public health, no matter what our usual discipline is, because society and the world's issues right now, you can't just close your gate at your job site and say, no COVID, you're not coming in here. This is a, a work site. Um, it's all spilling in. So the Minnesota governor's office has some great resources um, where they take this, uh, this mindset of turning the dials that we've got these, I think it's four different dials and um, we can turn them up or we can we can turn them down a little bit as as needed and that we're adjusting things. So the governor is almost giving like a like a class um, on how how to communicate to the public. And so I've enjoyed it as a safety and health person and, and taking what he's talking about. So I'd encourage anybody, no matter where you are, if you're in Florida, wherever you are, um, 
hit up Minnesota Department of Labor website or um, I've posted about it a lot on LinkedIn and have included links directly to the governor's slides because they're just, they're, they're almost beautiful. I mean, let's just <laughs> call it that. I mean, sometimes you need some bright spots to look at in these times and, and that's one of them. So uh, on the theme of reopening being a mindset, um, Think about that with your workers, that even though people may have been coming to work every day or they never stopped working, um, whether it's at home or wherever they are, but that the mindset has has shifted. And so we may have been really cautious for a while um, up until this point and still want to keep moving on with caution as you reopen whatever that looks like at your organization. It might just mean that certain operations come back online or that there's more people coming or however you look at it. You need to have a plan. And I was kind of laughing as Sheldon was bringing up some things and um, it just... I feel like we're probably going to make some people mad tonight because we're just going to bring up more crap that um, they maybe didn't think of. And I say crap very loosely. It's just more stuff, just more stuff to, to think about, more things to put on your, your risk analysis or job safety analysis or whatever you're doing at your workplace. And it's tough. I mean, I, um, I feel it, you know, in my organization, I feel it from other safety professionals that uh, work directly at um, construction sites and manufacturing sites that there's a lot going on and um, I see I, I look at it from the consulting mindset of scope creep we talk about scope creep that um, a safety professional you may not be a consultant but at your organization suddenly you're now head temperature taker and symptom checker and you're keeping that list and that log of who's at work and why aren't they at work and how long have they been off and what, why are they off and, and things like that. So um, you have scope creep, you have extra things that you're doing for your day-to-day -day job and it's making it difficult. So I, I don't envy you if you're now a temperature checker for part of what you do. Um, and when Sheldon talked about like the, the medical advice and I think, um, you know, safety professionals, we're starting to, to get to like this line where it's like, am I like a healthcare professional now? You know, people that are checking temperatures, you know, you're reading a number, but what, you know, what's going on with this? So um, I wanted to, to bring up the topic of uh, OSHA whistleblowers. And um, there's a, just a quick plug for a future yet to be determined what date it's released, but a future Safety Justice League podcast where we'll have Adele Abrams, everyone's favorite safety lawyer. And she gave... Um, um, just dropped a bunch of knowledge on whistleblower um, uh, protections that safety professionals have and that our workers have. And so I know Kevin will get into to this sort of stuff because OSHA's his thing, but I wanted to just kind of plant that seed that safety professionals are doing these protected activities right now. So I think it's really important that safety professionals understand um, the ramifications of that and that you're not just out there on your own checking temperatures, logging symptoms, and keeping track of people that are gone. Um, it's all important work, but that you are also protected. So keep an eye on what your rights are related to that. Um, I had taken a bunch of notes to get to some other things, but uh, just to, and Jay's giving me the time signal, uh, stressful, um, <laughs> but to, to bring it back to my construction friends, um, I see the scope creep happening with construction crews as well. That um, let's say your construction crew now, um, you were doing work in uh, multifamily housing units and you, you dive 
dialed back that work for a little bit while the the coronavirus stuff was really um, hot and heavy. And now it's like, okay, we got to go back and do this work. Well, the construction crews may be asked by the clients, hey, can you do this deep cleaning before you come in and do this deep cleaning before you leave and you know, do another deep cleaning next week before our people come back? So I know that construction workers, we have a you know, get, her, get her done or yes, we can type of attitude. And you've got to talk to your workers ahead of that. Make sure that they're not taking on things that they shouldn't be doing. They're not remediating mold that's been sitting in HVAC systems that were in abandoned buildings when people closed their offices for for COVID-19. So giving your workers that empowerment that, um, yes, we're reopening, we're going back to work, but we value your safety and, um, you know, giving them that time, the materials to uh, to clean if that's something that's part of the work. If it's not part of their scope of work, you've got to have a subcontractor or someone come in and do that before your crews can go to work safely. So, um, yeah, that was just kind of my, my bottom line stuff is that reopening is a mindset. It might be a uniquely American thing. I'm not quite sure. Uh, and then also the scope creep. Just step back a little bit. Like, I know everyone's really excited. Reopening sounds fun. Um, but we have to dial it back a little bit, like Governor Waltz talks about here in Minnesota, and make sure that we're taking care of our workers and, and still being proactive and, and keeping people safe and healthy. I hope you got a lot out of that and got some real understanding of some of the things you should just consider. It's a big-brained approach to safety and health. This is where the human organization performance, the hot people, and the behavioral-based safety people have to kind of come together in their mindset just to keep the workforce protected because truly you're going to need some coordination between how the humans interact with the organization and vice versa, how the organization adapts to their precious workforce. And then you're going to have to help the behavioral side of people truly having infected hands or being a carrier themselves and having certain behavior traits and patterns that will be at risk that will eventually be something that will cause an illness known as COVID-19. So that is it for this week because I'm not going to do a tip of the week and I'm going to do a nice uh, Wednesday uh, episode. So we're going to have an episode on Wednesday of this podcast and we'll finish up this virtual uh, roundtable because I really know that you need this information right away. So we're not going to stretch it out over two weeks. We're going to get it all in one week. So uh, just stay tuned. And if you want to uh, get any notification of when this show is doing special episodes, then go ahead to the whatever you're listening to, if it's Apple's, if it's iHeartRadio, uh, if it's Stitcher or Spotify, wherever you're listening to this podcast, subscribe to this podcast and uh, make sure you've got the, I guess it's notification bell. I don't know if they do that in podcasts, but just a notification. So you will be notified when there's any new episode or bonus episodes. It'll come right to you and then you could uh, hear it brand new. Right on, hot off the press. So uh, next week, or I should say Wednesday, we're going to continue this, and we'll talk with uh, Jake 
is going to uh, give his portion, Jake Wolfenden, and then Kevin Yarbrough. So he'll hear you, or I should say I'll look forward to meeting up with you on Wednesday of this week. So have a great rest of your two days, and then we'll touch base again on Wednesday. This episode has been powered by Safety FM.